talk about this on the podcast. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. I, th- I think we, I think we are. No, we're going to do the intro. I've got to remember that. Um, You're on the podcast. Okay. Hey, look, yeah, you, have you, you have your own bit of paper oh, for cool, once. He never you. writes any questions down. And, uh, He's it's too all cool. up here. Yeah, whatever. Fucking nerd. Welcome to um, How Not To Be An Asshole. <laughs> a bit of controversial thing to say. Oh, you got a secret you want to let out of the bag? Just shit I you normally skip over when I listen to a podcast. You, you ungrateful bastard. You're definitely the first politician I've talked to in a positive way. You're tapping on the table. Oh, fuck. Yeah, you did. Oh, not sorry. <laughs> Is that your enthusiastic face? That should go straight on the wire. Um, welcome to another, yet another... I shouldn't say yet another way. It makes it sound like it's just this fucking like ongoing we don't be here. bullshit. But we're actually really, I was actually really, drag, I was really excited 22. today when I was doing the research and I was writing the questions. And yeah, I was like, same. This is a fun thing I get to do with my time. Yeah, I did a tweet about it. I was that excited. Did you? You didn't yeah. tag me in it. No. Yeah, well. Um, Episode 23. Boom. What's been happening? Um... Children are studying your poems at school. Yeah. <gasps> That's great. Yeah, my friend Isn't it fucking just odd? emailed me and he's like, I don't know how he found it on the internet, but they said that year 10 in 2013 did one of my poems. You know the hilarious thing too? Dom wouldn't be able to pass the, the paper. <laughs> well, because Christina read it out. She read out one of the questions and she was like, what kind of figurative language is this? And I was like, oh, fucking no. <laughs> But that's great. That, I think because the first time I ever saw you, I I really went to see Sam Hunt at Golden Dawn, and there you were. And I'm going, this is this not the same stuff, but this is as beautifully crafted and and worth bloody climbing down deep inside and pulling apart and understanding. So that makes perfect sense to me. Of course, they should be studying your poetry, but I also get it that that's a really cool thing. That's yeah. wonderful. Well, it's so weird as well that they didn't. I don't know. That they didn't tell you. Yeah, you think... That, that, yeah, Not that, I, I mean... I guess they probably just don't, like... Because they probably don't consider the buzz you get out of that. Because that makes you feel real good. I felt really proud when I saw it. When mm. you showed me the actual thing... I can't wait to show my like, mum. Yeah, before that, I just wanted to... <laughs> before that, I just wanted to make fun of you. And then when I saw the actual thing, I was like, oh, I'm real proud of Dom. 15-year-olds. <laughs> That's um, good. You know what else has been happening? I'll turn your bloody phone off. Sorry. Every time. Um, there's something else that happened. Oh, you don't have to worry about your phone. I'm sorry. Over there. I bought a bed. Yeah? Yeah, it's pretty cool. That's actually what you wanted to say? Nah, but I just said that because I forgot what the thing was. Okay, should we introduce our guest then if it's come yeah. to this? <laughs> yeah, talking about sure. your fucking furniture. All but right. I did it in the hail though. Did you? My, By the, yourself? The roof of my car was covered in hail and I had to get like a... Window washer thing to push it all off. Christina um, sent me a message saying, I'm trapped, I'm trapped, there's snow, what am I going to do, the car's rolling, I'm trapped. So that is, snow's a bit dramatic, it was ice. I don't, I don't think Christina appreciate you calling it dramatic. Anyway, um, today's guest is Michelle Acourt, winner of Comedian of the Decade, um, former What Now host, which is how I first knew about it, in 1987. Is that when you yeah, started doing yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, well, it's perfect, yeah. How would I have been, I would have been 10. I would have been oh, in sure. fucking Australia watching, what's his name? Jim Jeffries. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think Jim Jeffries and um, Rolf Harris had, yeah. a, had, a, had, a, had a show together back when I was there. I don't want to be in the same sentence as Jim Jeffries and Rolf Harris. All right. So. <laughs> just, listeners, just wipe that last bit from your mind. 
<laughs> have it struck from the record. Anyway, uh, she works the comedy circuit in places like San Francisco, Las Vegas, Vancouver, Brisbane, Auckland, and Mangawatu? Mangafai? Mangafai. Have you played that pub up in Mangafai, the Mangafai Tavern? Mangafai. It's the best. Mangafai? Is it it's north, eh? Yeah, it's north. It's down the end of a road that doesn't go anywhere else. Like you, Mangafai, why I, do I know that name? You can't pass through it. You have to go there. So it's Northland. So you, somewhere before Whangarei, you turn right. Is it before Whangarei? Maybe it's after. You turn right, go out straight out to the coast, and when the road stops, there's a tavern. And and um, it's been played at by all the great local and international touring really? musicians over the years. The walls are covered in posters from, I don't know, people like um, Cleo Lane and Johnny Dankworth and um, Peggy Lee. and like, Peggy yeah, Lee? Yeah, yeah, all of that kind of I don't of know who any of those been. people are. That's okay. Yeah. Ask, ask your dad. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure I've heard of that place, though. Yeah, Mangafai, really why do cool. I know that name? Someone has lived there. Yeah, I know. Someone. It doesn't matter. Anyway, yeah, that, that's there. by the bike. Yeah. Um, and she also writes a weekly column on social issues for stuff and published a book called Stuff I Forgot to Tell My Daughter. Is that right? Is were you going to call it shit I was going to tell my daughter, but were you weren't allowed? Yeah, shit I fucked up. But they, <laughs> the publisher went, I like to sell it for Mother's Day. And there ain't quite enough mothers like you out there, so can we just tone that down a little bit? <laughs> it's great that you had the business sense to change it, though. Yeah, it's good, eh? I wouldn't have done it. and then I don't usually I don't usually do what I'm told, but in this instance, I thought, oh, okay, I'll run with it. Yeah. It's funny with those compromises, though, because eh? you think it's such a big deal at the time, and afterwards, which either side you go on, and then you're just like, it doesn't make any difference at all. What yeah. the fuck was I thinking? Like, yeah, yeah. No, it was, the title really came because it was a, a comedy show, first of all, and I said to Richard, who's my really good friend and also manages my and produces my shows, I said, I want to write this show. It's going to be about, okay, um, how do I describe it? It's the stuff I forgot to tell my daughter. And he said, yeah, okay, and that, we'll call it that. Excellent. That's it. Yeah. Succinct. Yeah. Is that how you say that one? Yeah. Succinct. Yeah. And prosaic. It's just, it, mm. is, it's, it describes exactly what it is. Yeah. You know how you're discussing like that thing where, because I have the same thing too, right? I remember sitting down with my booking agent and I wanted to call my tour when I die, bury me in boob meat. And she was like, you can't call a tour of that. <laughs> bury and you I, in what? Boob meat. And I was like, and she was like, you can't call your tour that. And I was like, why not? And she was like, you just can't. I was like, why not? But... So you get these, I get these ridiculous ideas. <laughs> <laughs> Were you high at the time? Um, perhaps, but you know, like, who, I guess, ridiculous people like myself and Dom, I can't speak for you, but you need, like, some sensible people around you who will tell you when yeah. you have stupid ideas and yeah. that you can listen to. But you've got to know which stupid ideas you really want to hold on to as well. Yeah, because mm. sometimes stupid ideas are... Are the best. Yeah. yeah. I almost only have stupid ideas. So gotta, I mean, this <laughs> podcast wasn't as good, you know, and originally sounded like a bit of a stupid idea, and here we are, 23 yeah. weeks later. Mm. We were talking before that we started about um, the offensive jokes and rape jokes and all that. Mm. What's your opinion? Because I listen to, like, a lot of stand-up comedy and comedians, because I, I guess what I do is relatively close to comedy, so I like to study different people's techniques and steal bits and pieces. But there's kind of this attitude of, like, it's all right to be offensive in a joke or in a comedy set because, of course, I don't mean it and it's just part of the style, but I sort of feel like that's lazy. I mean, do, I know, 
Well, what is that culture? It should be about. I mean, it's okay to be offensive. I, there's there's lots of people I'm really happy to offend. That, mm. Yeah, that's that's it's who you offend that is it's punching up. Yeah, yeah, punching up is what it's about. But it's and it's also it is okay for people to to be offensive, and it's okay for someone to take offence. But, um, and so it's, it's, we have to shout out about it. So, you know, when Jim Jeffries, for example, or there was a comedian here at the Comedy Festival last year, not, not, uh, yeah, in 20, what? 14. <laughs> <sighs> um, Reginald D. Hunter, who's a really lovely man and quite a good comic. And I've worked with him before in, Edinburgh, and I really like him, and um, and he was trying some stuff out at the festival show that he was doing last year, and there was a bit in it that was just so I found it so offensive, I you know sort of couldn't breathe, and if I had been able to walk out of the room without causing a fuss, I would have done. It. I just mm. didn't want to be present anymore, and um, what I wish I had been able to do is to talk to him, not not go around bad mouthing him for it. But to grab him afterwards and say, dude, that was really um, difficult to listen to. And also I think you got something really seriously fucking wrong um, in your idea about women when you tell a joke like that. And make it a conversation. So that's okay. I think, yeah, we have to keep arguing and fighting with each other. Yeah, I think I think the important thing is perhaps... Um, well, I guess a lot of people take the idea of free speech and that sort of stuff without the responsibility of yeah, it yeah, as yeah. well. So yeah. it's like what happens after you offend something that is important, yeah. like how you respond to someone being offended because you can't run and run around being purposefully offensive and then also think you run a monopoly on how people should feel about yeah. it as well. Like if someone's offended yeah. by something you say you need part of your responsibility of your free speech is to listen to what they have to say and, like, take it on board. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. There's this kind of cool thing at the moment. I think in some ways you can take a positive spin on it that um, feminism is, is having a really wonderful resurgence. So if you are an outlier and a fringe dweller, then you want to have a crack at the things, you know, the new the new ideas that are becoming popular. So I'm excusing some, well, am I, I'm explaining some of the um, male comedians who have rape sets um, by saying, okay, so you have noticed that something is um, gaining some power and you want to have a little poke at it. I think you're picking the wrong thing. I think you're mm. punching down. But um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so maybe it's because feminism is, is gaining some momentum again. Yeah. Yeah, totally. That makes sense. So you distracted the phone. Distracted me. And I lost my train of thought. <laughs> I'm trying to catch up. <laughs> lost my train of thought. I turned it. I don't know how to turn it down. Can't you just turn it off? Um. Yeah. It's on vibrate now. I just switched it. See, Dan oh. just sorted it out. That's oh, why yeah, he's a technical a, genius. Yeah. There's a switch on my phone. I totally forgot that. I've been thinking about doing some stand-up comedy. I think you should. I don't know though. Like. Because I was all excited about it, and then I spoke to some people about it, and they were just like, oh, it'll take you about five years to get any good. And I was like, I don't want to suck for five years. <laughs> Especially in comedy, because it would be the worst thing to suck at. I want you to you suck know. for five years. I'll, oh, go, to, I'll go to all your shows. No, you won't. <laughs> you go to the first two, and then it'll just be me 
sucking. Yeah. But what I must then okay, so what I like about you is how carefully crafted your stuff is. And stand up is sort of carefully crafted, but there's there's not much room for the lyrical stuff. Does that make sense? sense? But I feel like there there would be and in the same way that I think that you don't have to be a fucking asshole as a comedian. I don't think yeah. it has to be so it can be it could be a little bit beautiful. Yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'll try and do it and even be no, like, that's dude, good. you had a place. But I mean, like, I've seen you play and often what you do between songs is like stand-up comedy. Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know because I don't, you know, I'm not immersed in that in that scene, but I think if it's fucking funny, isn't that comedy? Like, does is there rules or...? Nah. No, don't think so. If yeah, it's funny, if it's funny, it's... it's, it's Comedy, yeah. yeah. But there's definitely a scene in the community, right? Though. Yeah, yeah. But I guess that's anything and, you know, being outside of that can be good too. Yeah. How did you get started in it? I knew I wanted to do it since I was really little because, um, but I didn't know what it was called. So um, I, when I was a, a child and I was born in 61 and in the late 60s, my parents got a TV because they were invented then. Mm. <laughs> yeah. And uh, in the 70s there was a show, the Carol Burnett show And, you know, it's a sketch Most Have you ever seen it? No. You've got to YouTube it after this okay. Go and have a look So um, she is, um, I really loved her Because she was so unconventionally gorgeous And she had her own show She's a woman who had her own show That was pretty fucking exciting um, There was her and Lucille Ball And that was about it really and um, so sketch comedy, mostly, but there was this bit at the, near the end of every show where she walked out on stage and there was a stool and a mic and a stand and she would take questions from the audience and give incredibly hilarious and witty replies. And I still don't know if they were scripted or not. It always looked like they weren't. It looked like she was always doing it off the cuff. And there's heaps of it on, on the tube of you. And, um, and I thought, fuck, I want to do that. I want to... I want, to write my own material, I don't want somebody. I don't want. I don't want to wait for somebody to write a script and say that here you can play this role. I was already yeah. pissed off as in primary school, and I never got cast in the role I wanted in the school play. It's <laughs> <laughs> always some skinny blonde girl, and um, uh, yeah. So I don't want somebody else to say, yeah, you can you can do this, and here are the words you were going to say. You can have your own words, and you can direct it yourself and create it all yourself without anybody else bossing you around. Yeah. So I wanted to do that, and when I got older, I found out that um, that's called stand-up comedy. And <clears throat> and then I was living in Queenstown, working in radio, and a group of... This is post-what now? Yeah, just after. But Because well, what now? I kind of had that kind of comic. Yeah, we did character Madness. sketches. We did 17 character sketches every week. Yeah. I had to write them in. Fuck, that was so much fun. 17 a week. Yeah, that, I mean, some of them were 30 seconds, but some of them were two minutes. Sounds like a lot of work. It was huge, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and there was just the, that first year, 87, there was just the three of us, me and Frank Flash and Danny Watson. But it was so cool. It was Danny in, Watson that's on the radio. Yeah, yeah. I don't know that. No, because yeah, he, he listens to the he listens to new really fun. Yeah, um, his daughter listens to the podcast. Oh, right. Oh, Because I'm, I'm always, like, bagging <laughs> ZB. And admittedly, Danny Watson is out, oh, of, the, fuck's sake. out, of, the, out of the ones I've heard, <laughs> Danny Watson seems the most likable, like, and yeah. he 
pronounces Māori words correctly. Yeah, yeah. Like, there's a bit more effort and understanding with him than the well, other he's just, he's just laughing hysterically the whole time with these sort of rednecks. Yeah, him. yeah, and he seems quite fun. So, yeah, but um, I didn't know that he did what now. Yeah, the, the first year he, I arrived, he'd already been doing it for about five years then. Yeah. And, and the, it was like a working at a, the most glorious place because like every week we'd go we'd have a production meeting on a Monday and you'd say something like so we've got an idea for some sketches that involve filling the whole studio with popcorn <laughs> and the designers would go do you right yeah we'll do, we can work out how to do that <laughs> and anything you could do anything you wanted so there were no it's a bit like when you're trying to write stand-up, there were no rules, no boundaries. Mm. Just That'd go. Be amazing. My dream is that everybody is going to have unicorn horns, and they go. Oh, I don't know why I did that with my hand. That's so rude. <laughs> <laughs> um, and and they go. Yeah, fair call. Let's. We. I think we can have those made by Wednesday. That sounds like the right working environment for you, Don. I would love it's something all like that. Ridiculousness, hundred percent ridiculous. Well, that's why we're trying to do a web series. Cause, I mean, <laughs> that's the dream. <laughs> Just putting stupid ideas into production. I'm going back to what we're talking about before about. Um, we didn't get to. We didn't get to how you ended up doing stand-up oh, comedy. Though. Sorry. Oh yeah. So then I was in Queenstown and the boys, facial DBX, bunch of boys, Paul Horan, I can't remember who else was in the group. Um, uh, John Bridges, I think, who now produces Seven Days. Um, they came through doing stand-up comedy, a stand-up comedy comedy tour, and I um, went. Oh, that's that, that thing that Carol Burnett used to do, except boys are doing it. That's weird. Who <laughs> said they could? And um, so a few months after that, I moved to Auckland and started doing it. And you just, did you just feel that that was something that you could do like yeah. a, when you saw it? Yeah. I was already doing some stuff in Queenstown with a really good friend, Margaret O'Hanlon, who's still there. She's a singer, really. She went to the, the fame school in New York. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. She was, yeah, that was her high school, which was, yeah. yeah more of a kind of um, special school for kids who didn't fit into mainstream education than the performance performing arts school that it ended up looking like in the TV show. Yeah. So, yeah, her and another guy, Mike Legg, down there. So we were doing Friday night shows of character stuff and i do comedy monologues. Um, and because Queenstown was just all about the tourists, so you'd do it on a Friday and some of it would work and some of it was shit. And then the next Friday you'd try it again to a whole new audience because they'd all gone skiing somewhere else and there were yeah. a whole, there's a whole new audience. So, so entering into it, like the way you're describing it, kind of sounds like you entered into it kind of like without a lot of preconceived notions, kind of like entering into it blind. Do you think that was a positive yeah, thing? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because now, see, Dom's going, you're, you're working out how you can fit into something that already exists mm. and be your, but, but do it your way. But in those in those days, it didn't really exist. We were building it from the yeah. ground floor up. Yeah. So anybody could do it any way they wanted. There weren't rules. You know, nobody was going. What kind of comedian are you? Do you do social commentary, or are you an observational yeah. comedian, or are you a bit more like this? Are you a Louis C.K. kind of comic? Yeah. People just went, "Oh, are you going to do some funny shit? That'd be awesome." That's a, that's a that's a cool thing about New Zealand. Um, how small it is, and how you can just um, like find an avenue and occupy it, like something that hasn't really existed yeah. here before. And yeah. you can totally just be like, this is what I'm going to do and Pioneers. do it. And, yeah. I was amazed before when before we were on air um, and we were talking about how you're saying comedy is 
the profitable thing. Yeah, because not because of the comedy clubs, because we still get paid in buttons at the classic. Yeah, um, <laughs> pretty much. And you trade those for beer, but um, but you can translate it. What a whole lot of us have done is translate it to um, corporate work. So somebody wants you to come and be for 40 minutes between the main course and dessert or um, and they'll pay uh, you yeah. you know so do you have money. to sort of because your stuff's quite political and so do you have to change that when you're speaking to these CEOs I don't anymore I don't anymore and it, it's alright yeah don't... all I do is I don't say fuck all can't. am I allowed to say can't I you can say whatever you want I you can't, can't. You can't say can't, can't, can't. Yeah. Um, so I don't say that um, and, I, and I keep the, the fucking to a minimum <laughs> in all yeah. ways at a corporate and um uh, but no, I do what I do. I made this choice because I've been doing it for a, a long time, for years, because that's how I paid the mortgage and, and stuff for years. Um, and uh, But I was always second-guessing what they might like. And then I went about, I don't know, five years ago or more, probably more, I thought, no, by now people kind of know what I do. And so if they've hired me, they probably want me to do what I do. And if... Um, if they don't like what I do, they should have hired somebody mm. else. Yeah. So mm. now I do do my stuff. I mean, you know, it doesn't always work, and sometimes you go home feeling a little crushed because I'll do my stuff about how uh, about pay equity, how <laughs> women earn twelve percent less than men, so we should fucking do twelve percent less. And um, <laughs> in a corporate gig where it's eighty percent men, which is what it quite often is, they get really pissed off. Well, that's probably the best place to do that. Yeah, right, exactly. Then the, 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 you're not quite preaching to oh, the choir all the time, right? In a corporate gig. Have you, do you ever get heckless? Like, how would you deal with a heckler in that it's situation? It's really hard. It's really hard because... you can't just cut them down. No, because oh. they're with all their mates and it might be the CEO or, mm. or the CEO's husband or something, you know, that you're having a crack at. And and they will they'll behave like a pack as well because they'll you're the outsider, not, not... When people come to see a gig at the Classic or, you know, come and see either of your gigs, they came to see you. So yeah. it's, your, it's like inviting them into your living room. But you go to a corporate and you've been invited around to somebody's auntie's place. So, yeah, that's kind of scary. Yeah. Has that made you a better comedian, do you think? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Definitely. The tougher shows you have, yeah. the better you get it. I've had enough tough shows. I don't need any more. <laughs> I, was, I was meaning more like, yeah, I guess. Akaroa. Or the just, toughest show I've done just, in a while. Why? Well, why? Why? What happened? Um, well, we turned up, because they'd given us a quite a good guarantee. It wasn't actually in Akaroa. It was in Akaroa pub, which is above Akaroa, apparently. So that's where I went wrong in the first place, because I was calling Akaroa, and they like, it's not fucking Akaroa. And it was like mm. a um, group of farmers. It was actually a few, a, about four people would come to see me. And then some farmers. farmers. No. No, no, the farmers went definitely went there to see me. I won them yeah. over in the end, but it was tough, eh? Yeah. I just pretended I was really, I was this real drunk from Auckland who was like above all of this. <laughs> <laughs> and like talking to this like fictitious manager that I had and it was all right in the end, but fuck, that was grim. Sometimes you're just yeah. the wrong dude in the wrong room, eh? That's occasionally I feel like that still. You yeah. just go, But especially there, because it was like a beautiful yeah. venue and it was just like, if I had a good set. I was like, if there's just 10 more people here, this could be great, you know? Mm. You had a yeah. poignant question you're going to ask. Totally. Todd doesn't normally write questions for the listeners at home. I have a list of questions in front of me, which admittedly are um, illegible. Oh, yeah. But so Todd has written one down. Going back to how we're talking about being offensive and stuff and 
and whatnot. Like, there's a precise moment where I became aware of my responsibility as a performer mm-hmm. and and an artist of, like, the responsibility I had to, like, young people who listen to my music and stuff. Do you guys have moments, have, a like, a pivotal moment where you became aware of, like, a responsibility you might have as a gradual thing? It kind of worked on the other way around for me because working in children's TV, it had to be oh, right, true. Yeah. Everything had to be clean and sweet and yeah. PG. And, in fact, quite often you felt like you were telling a secret to the kids who watched the show, trying to get that secret past their mum and dad. Mm. <laughs> so It's a cool way to look at it. Yeah, sneaking, yeah. sneaking around to just see something. You know how kids' movies quite often... People say they work at a level so that parents are engaged as well. I reckon it's the other way around. I think mm. I think it's the kids who are getting the stuff that the parents don't get rather than... Yeah. Yeah, so... And, you know, we got criticised all the time. We didn't feel like we'd had a really good show unless there was some kind of broadcasting standards authority complaint <laughs> for something that we did on What Now. We did. I remember it seemed really wild. It was a little anarchic. <laughs> we got slammed for, on Anzac Day... Um, Alistair and I, Frank Flash and I wrote, um, oh, and and Danny, he was there too. He he was at um, Boots and All into it. We did a whole lot of sketches. <laughs> I think Alistair was dressed as a Nazi and um, and Frank, yeah, so Alistair, yeah, Frank Flash is a Nazi and uh, Danny and me as British soldiers, but we all got together and had a cream pie fight. I mean, it was all, which we thought was, a, you know, a nice way of dealing with um, remembering uh, the ends. <laughs> <laughs> but lots of people didn't. <laughs> wow, that is wild. I guess what the eighties were a different time, eh? I gave birth. Oh, the other, I gave birth to a, um, to a. We did some some hospital sketches, and I gave birth to a. Basketball and a parent. There were a lot of complaints because it was far too realistic. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear! Because it, yeah, it kind of it made it fairly clear where the where the ball came out. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, but yeah. I know people like don't actually give birth to basketballs. Eh? No, at least that I know of. <laughs> yeah, feels like it, but yeah, nah. Damn. Yeah. Um. But no, but that's, I don't know, did that answer your question about feeling Yeah, no, totally, because that, that's what I was asking about. The, um, just, I forget why I thought of that. I forget, well, it's a good question, too. though, because sometimes like, I still hate myself when I get off stage for, um, sometimes you go for the joke rather than the truth. Mm. And um, yeah, I've made some jokes in the past that I would never do now because they're, a little bit homophobic yeah. or maybe a little bit racist. Yeah. And um and they're easy. Yeah. And and you I feel like I got a responsibility now to not do that shit because yeah. um because so many of the people who like my stuff are um, young women and, and yeah, people who the world isn't actually um, arranged for. Yeah. So I don't want to pay out on people for yeah. the world doesn't. Yeah, that, well, that's similar for me. So that moment I was talking about, like, I used to like, have a lot of misogyny in my music and stuff. And then I was playing this underage show. And I saw a young woman like singing the songs and I just looked <gasps> and it was like just a moment. I was like, oh shit, 
okay, that's not very She cool. was singing along to your woman hate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it wasn't like it was woman hate. Yeah, it was yeah, just it was like... Irresponsible, though. Yeah. 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 So it wasn't like real pointed misogyny, but in the... It's more just like old school sexism. <laughs> but yeah, in the in the landscape, and then and like I had a lot of women around me in my life too who were like had been like going at me about it and holding me to account. And I was like, ah, you know, it's rap music, leave me alone. Yeah. And but so them telling me stuff, and then that moment seeing young women singing the songs at a show, and I was like, oh, yeah. right. That's one of the troubles with rap music, right? Is just that. And it's sort of, you know, there is that sexist side to it. And then I and I personally believe that the music that is more sexist and homophobic is the music that gets pushed by the powers that be oftentimes, yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Totally. And then people like it as well because it's sort of like the sort of like fantasy. I don't know, it's this weird thing, you know? Like how mm. people always talk about it's real popular now to like ignorant. Ignorant, you know, it's all yeah. like it's so ignorant. And I, I think that's racism because it's like, you know, have I talked about this on the podcast before? No, you haven't actually. And it's a real interesting thing too, like the fetishization of of that. Sort of like black men and just sort yeah. of saying, oh, you know, like as if it was a white man saying this shit. And I think too, that rapper 2 Chains, have you heard of him? No. So he's famous for just sort of saying ignorant stuff. But he's got like, I think he's got like a fucking master's degree he's or really something. really smart. Yeah. You know, he's yeah. college educated, smart dude. And so it's like, he is smarter than you. And you're getting off on him pretending that he's stupid. And there's something weird going on there. Yeah. And it's only the white people that I see. Do. I mean, I'm sure he's got black fans as well. But yeah. I don't know. There's something weird going on there. And yeah. it makes me... And plus, I don't like his music. A little bit related to that. <laughs> it's not quite the same, though. I'm really interested in the arguments at the moment about Amy Schumer. Have you watched any mm. of her stuff? Just recently. Because I adore her. Yeah, um, she's I, funny I, as fuck. Kiss the hem of her gown. And... Um, and she's created a persona that's um, a bit racist and a bit privileged white girl. And so then, which is great because I think mm. it's irony. Mm. But then people are, um, I hate it when people who agree with that sentiment think that she's amazing. Do you know what I mean? They miss the irony. Right, yeah, they go, yeah, yeah, Mexicans. Because hey. it's, really, it's really subtle what she's doing. Yeah. Because eh? I watched it and I was like trying to figure out if I thought it was offensive or really yeah, clever, yeah. like it's a real fine line she's walking, and um, because I don't, I'd heard negative stuff about her before I watched, and then I started watching her show, and I was like, "Fuck, this is good," yeah. and it's really like, "Fuck," the way she she makes points, like especially about being a woman and like yeah. existing in the world as a woman, that are so cleverly done and so fucking hilarious, like. I imagine a lot of like um, people that need to see that shit would see it because it's so fucking funny. It's really accessible, but the point is still really thick in it as well. It's, I haven't mm. seen I haven't seen any of his stuff. So. It's really, it's, yeah, it's good. Did you see how like it kind of reminded me how Jeremy Wells got shit for doing that like yes. white thing? He yes, got, he got yeah, yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was ridiculous. So right? totally not racist. Because he was Mike Hoskins. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And he wasn't even being as ridiculous as Mike Hoskins. Yeah. No, no, exactly. No, when you're taking the piss out of racism, it's kind of crazy to get accused of being racist. Yeah. 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 Totally. Dumbfounding. Rose, um, have you seen she did an interview with Amy? No, I haven't seen I it. I just saw it today. It's, it's real funny. But that's a, that brings me to a question I thought of today. So when you meet another comedian for the first time, what happens? 
<laughs> we, we all fall in love. Because um, I was watching them and they were both like being funny. And then uh, like, and I was like, ooh, is this... A bit of competition. If there's yeah. a camera in the room, then probably, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. I imagine comedians are much like the actors are no big show-offs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, and you get, <laughs> you get your on switch. and it's, but, but when the camera's not on, see, I have this theory that all comedians, if they did a DNA test on all the comedians in the world, there's, there's going to be a, um, somewhere in the double helix, there's a kink. It's, and we're all just slightly fucked, mm. and um, <laughs> and we recognise each other from. So you, in a green room, at the at some you know like at the Edinburgh Festival or Adelaide or wherever it is, you're in a green room and you go, oh, I know all you people. I've never met right. you, but I know who you are. I know what you like. And some of them are douchebags yeah. and don't have an off switch. But mostly you get to know them and go, yeah, no, you're we're related. Right. Yeah, because from an outsider's. Um, point of view there appears to be like heaps of camaraderie and like really yeah. close relationships and comedy scene like I watched that doco on Tig what's her name yeah another one Tig uh two stupid people trying to think of the woman who did the the set about her getting cancer and stuff Right, oh, any, I, I don't know. Right, she's anyhow, really funny. Yeah, wow. Yeah, she yeah she's real good. And she did this. She did this show, and there was like it was a small show, but there was all these other like big name comedians there, like Louis C.K. and stuff, and just and yeah, the way they supported the show that she did because like they thought it was fucking amazing. So like Louis C.K. contacted her and was like, I want to I want to put put this on my website. I want to sell it and like. Just, yeah, the way everyone got behind it, it yeah. seemed like there was a real sense of community. It's the loneliest job in the world, I reckon, and so we bond. We mm. look, all look after each other. Mm. Yeah, because there's only one of you on stage at a time. Yeah. So it's, you know, you got no one. And so off stage, you have to look after each other. Mm. So, yeah, and it's a fucking stupid job. job. It's a really <laughs> dumb job. <laughs> Why won't anybody do it? When people go, do you think I should do stand-up? I go, nah, don't. You shouldn't. Don't do that. Don't do Yeah, but he's already on stage. I'm so. already lonely. So. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> no, yeah. It's, do you want to be an accountant or a stand-up comedian? Be an accountant. Spreadsheets are great. Really? Yeah. Mm. No, I would never recommend someone I, be an accountant. I lied. I, I, not, How was your work received when you perform in the States and stuff? R- really good. Um, and... I have to be careful in the States because I'm a bit earthy. That's how I like to describe it. <laughs> I really got, I, my favourite ever gig was in Glasgow at The Stand, which is um, a legendary club. And it's not all that big. It's about the size of the classic, so about 120 people. And they really... Um, Glaswegians are the, the nicest people. And they, um, they'll let you know if they don't like what you're doing, they'll just they'll let you know in a really polite way mm. but if they like what you do unlike Kiwis they will let you know constantly after every joke um, and I can remember afterwards the guy who ran the club going you know I can't do a Scottish accent but he said you're right you're so earthy we love that <laughs> and so I have to be really careful in the States how do you mean by earthy? earthy um, sort of down grassrootsy dirty uh, how do you explain from a country earthy? of four yeah. million people <laughs> Um, yeah, no, no sophistication. Oh, Unsophisticated. Okay, yeah. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah, that's me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I don't you really think of Scottish people as being particularly sophisticated. No, Fuck but that's no. why they like me. Because I was, ah, I was I they were going, you, you're fr- not from round here, but you're like us. Uh, yeah. I've found, spade a fucking spade. I've found Glasgow so weird. Like, I found people either way too fucking friendly or just completely, <laughs> like, looking at you like they wish you would drop dead on the spot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, like, when, when, Glas- when Glasgow people like you that are so close to your face and they're screaming. I and love you! Yeah, you can't understand them and you're just like... This went Under the Skin was shot, wasn't it? Yeah. Have you seen that film, Under the Skin? No. I've been Christina's watched it. I've actually seen it before, but we watched it again last night, the night before. When did we watch it, Christina? Sometime in the not that distant future yeah. past, yeah. But um, it was great. It's so good. You should see it. It's well, really creepy. Should, I should ma- be making a list. Of yeah, well, maybe we should do something in the podcast where we talk about shit we're seeing and we put links up. This yeah. sounds like a job for Dan. That's a good idea. Dan does need more work to do. Dan, Dan can you make a note of that. <laughs> <laughs> Dan's a labourer now. Yeah. On top been, of that, he's going to have to be putting links up. He's been labouring for the last couple of weeks and he, like, wishes he was going to die. <laughs> <laughs> he's so tired. Poor little fellow. I, on that note, I watched The um, the Staircase, that series. Have you seen that? No. Okay, about this guy who found his wife at the bottom of the stairs and called 911 and said, oh, my wife's fallen down the stairs. Not like that. He was freaking out, but... <laughs> Um, When you see the photos It definitely doesn't look like She fell down the stairs It looks like someone beat her to death Yeah And then And it's like It's like cereal And it's like um, The jinx The jinx But then Someone His What was she? His Um, neighbour friend Died at the bottom of stairs Like 20 years earlier And they find out During the case But then There's all this evidence Like That makes it look like Maybe he didn't do it I thought he did it The whole way through so you've finished it now? He's a he's a fucking psychopath. I don't know. Yeah, man. You see the way he like interacts with people? It's fucking. He's definitely weird. a weirdo. Yeah. But like how all those forensic experts were like saying that it wasn't. Yeah, good. but yeah, in saying that though, I don't think the, the um prosecution proved beyond reasonable doubt that he, he didn't do it. Isn't that weird when somebody who's really creepy and horrible gets accused of something that they didn't actually do, but because they're creepy and horrible and they behave badly, yeah, you just go, oh, well, this, did it. This, was, this wasn't just because solely because of how he was. That compounded the fact that these two women had died in the same way and he was the last person to see both of them. So either he's a fucking... But, but, but what a great story if, like, say you knew that the other woman had died at the bottom of the stairs and you wanted to kill somebody and blame it on him, you oh, yeah. push somebody down the stairs. Well, that's one True. of the um, scenarios yeah. that they painted was that someone else had come in, killed her, and then ran and away. It look but like they didn't really go with that, though, did they? No. Which is surprising. Cause, and that's the other thing that's sus, too. Like, the defence comes in there, like, and I guess this is the way it works. Um, but they're like, what do we go with? She fell down the stairs or there was an intruder? And it's like, but he said she fell down the stairs. But he didn't yeah. know. He was outside when it happened. But on the phone call, he was like, my wife fell down the stairs. But I guess that's what you'd assume if you found someone at the bottom of the stairs. Yeah. Or if you'd... Anyway. <laughs> what was the reception to your book like? Really good, yeah, really good. Um, and which is really fantastic because I didn't think about, I didn't think that 
I didn't think far enough ahead that people were actually going to read it. <laughs> <laughs> I just all I knew was that I wanted to write it. Yeah. And so and then and then it was out there in the world and and people really like it. So I, I've been collecting photos mm-hmm. of um, people on Facebook and Twitter have been sending me pictures of my book at their house. Because <laughs> it's sort of like you sent this teenage child off to play with other kids, and you you don't really know what it's doing, but you're getting right, reports yeah. back saying, "Oh, your your, your daughter's lovely. She's got <laughs> such nice manners." <laughs> and um, so I've got this whole collection of photos of it on people's bedside tables or on their beach towel or in yeah. the kitchen and stuff. So yeah, so it's a really personal response from people. It's That's good. cool. Yeah. I think, like, how you're talking about you didn't think about people reading it. That's, like, the best way to work the way is yeah. not to not think of what happens after. Just create it and then yeah, then throw it out there. Not that second-guessing stuff about how will people respond to it, but what do I want to say? Yeah, yeah. Having a perceived audience is the worst thing you can do as an artist, mm. you know? Especially when you try and sort of play to them. Yeah. And it's this thing doesn't even exist. Yeah. Because you know? it's all just a series of individuals. Oh, yeah. and it, you know, if, if, if your perceived audience doesn't fucking turn up on Thursday. Somebody, <laughs> somebody else's perceived audience turned up. <laughs> and you've got it. the wrong gear. Do you know that Mitch Hedberg joke? What does he say? He's like, you can't please all the people all the time. And last night, all those people were at my show. <laughs> <laughs> I loved him. I was really sad when he died. Yeah, same. It's a tragedy. Tragic. We'd just got yeah. into him. Yeah, like, yeah. yeah. Four saying? days before. Oh, <laughs> okay. Oh, no. Was, yeah, he was wondering <coughs> what tipped him over the edge. Was it that you guys had gotten on to him? Is that your fault? <laughs> what? No. Yeah, mate. I, 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 he he OD'd. They didn't kill himself, yeah. did he? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if it was an intentional oh, or not. not. Mitch, come on. Yeah. Come on, Mitch. Yeah, yeah. tragic, eh? Yeah. We met Robin Williams um, the year before he died. Really? Yeah. Because the Throckmorton in San Francisco where we play when we go over there, that's his, that was his local. That's where he used to go and try his new material out. Oh, shit. In a, really, in a safe place. Like, no cell phones. Nobody was yeah. allowed to, well, nobody did record the stuff. He would, he would just, if he had, like, if he was doing The Tonight Show or something, he would go down there on a Tuesday night and run some stuff. And um, and he was in the night that Jeremy and I were um, performing, so we got to meet him. I was so nervous about saying something stupid, I hardly said anything to him at all. So <laughs> <laughs> they're going, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Who's the best comic you've seen live? <sighs> live, I haven't. It's weird. I haven't seen that many. Mm. If I'd seen Louis C.K., I'd say him, but I haven't. Yeah. Um, I really loved the gig that Chris Rock did at the Civic a few years ago. I when I really really like something, no matter what it is, if it's a music gig or um, an art gallery or a play or anything, even oh. if it's a comedy, if I really really like something, I cry. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I cried at the end of Chris Rock's gig. Which no is, shit. Yeah, it's really weird. Because you appreciated fun. his. Yeah, I. I, I, I I feel moved. And yeah. I, yeah, I'll do it no matter what art form it is. Yeah, don't. I have that, but it's the opposite. If, so, if someone's doing something that's really impressive, like playing the piano... Oh, no, <laughs> I start laughing. You know, like oh, you really? see someone doing something that's incredible how good they are at it, you know, yeah. like rapping or whatever it is, I just start laughing. It's that's not, great. It's not always the best... No, I suppose it's the perfect response. You should go to more comedy shows. 
<laughs> where your appreciation did, will did, be appreciated. That's what me and Christina did in New York. Yeah. Just went to comedy shows, didn't we? Yeah, and yoga. Yeah. Oh, really? You do yoga? Christina is a yoga teacher. Are you? I love yoga. That's why I'm not uh, even more mental. It's, it's really good, isn't it? <laughs> I bloody love yeah, yoga. What's your excuse? Well, imagine how mental we'd be if we didn't have it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's the only way I can get out of my head and shut it up. Yeah, it's really good. I've tried to get. I've started getting into it. I'm just not that great at it yet. And yeah. and arthritis. What's that? And your arthritic. Arthritis. Yeah, arthritis gets in the way a little bit. Yeah. But the, the good thing about yoga is that anybody can do it. Really. That. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Yeah, someone was saying yesterday that bad yoga is better than no yoga. Yeah, totally, I agree. What about that? Thank you, Christina. It's the nicest thing you've ever said to me. I mean, it's what I really like it because it's one of the few things that men aren't as naturally good at as women. Because yeah. <laughs> you've got strong, short muscles and we've got less strong, longer muscles. Oh, really? Much more flexible. Mm. So we've got that advantage over you. That's why I don't like fucking yoga. Because <laughs> you're not good at it. Yeah. Because you're little short muscles. Yeah. Because um, <laughs> I'm quite short-limbed as well. So, like, Are I you? probably have, like, exceptionally like short muscles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> imagine a little, if you imagine a little fat bulldog doing yoga, that would be me. Have you guys been Difficult. following... A oh. little fat down bulldog. Yeah. <laughs> How are we doing for time, Dan? 50. 50. Oh, shit. We haven't done... Did we um, say anything important yet? Probably. <laughs> I want to talk about that sex worker debate thing that's going on. What are you... The book. The book? We did just talk about we the book. We just talked about the book. I was talking to Dan. Mm. You keep out of this. So, um, the more astute listeners might know that Christina is my girlfriend who's been away and she's back now. Yeah, and this is going to be a constant thing. Dom and Christina just talking during the podcast. Well, she's not going to be at all the podcasts. I just thought she could come to this one. Mm. She's been excited about it. That's good. Yeah. Uh, well, I'm excited that you're here. I um, want to talk yoga with you, but... <laughs> <laughs> Actually, talking about partners, because your husband, Jeremy, is a comedian. Yeah. What's that like having two people doing the same art form in the same house? It, it means that at home it's it's just like a sitcom. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's not. We don't clap when each other walks into the room. Um, we should do that. We should start doing that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's Jeremy. Maybe next time, maybe when your daughter's home at Christmas, just yeah. start it then and be, oh, this is a new thing we yeah, do. Yeah, this is how we do things. Yeah. <laughs> and we've got we've knocked one of the walls out so that the cameras can come out. <laughs> <laughs> and you are no longer my daughter. You are our special guester. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's good. It's really good because we, because um, we know how how it works. You know how other people who uh, you could one could imagine that um, if it was a comedian and a civilian in a household, and you do a gig that finishes at ten thirty and you're not home at ten forty five, the civilian could get really pissed off. Mm. Right? So, but we know that you finish a gig at ten thirty and you're unwinding till midnight and then you're having something to eat and then you'll be home. You know, so we mm. just understand the lifestyle, I suppose. Do you share jokes yeah. and work on jokes yeah, together? We fight over jokes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I do have a thing where you're like, no, that was my joke. Yeah, yeah, I said it. No, I said it. You you did the premise, I did the punchline. Yeah, I fucking topped it. And so <laughs> we tried, uh, for a while we tried a rule where whoever got it on stage first 
got to have it. Oh. But that's really mean because, you know, then we're ringing Scott at the classic going, can you put me on tomorrow? <laughs> <laughs> really fucking cool gig. it could and be the best, the best kind of, one ever. Wouldn't it be different though the way it comes out? Like after it goes through all your... Yeah. And so there is a discussion sometimes about actually it's going to work better if you do it. It's going to be better coming from you. So there's a there's a cricket joke that I came up with at a cricket game. He doesn't remember that. <laughs> so don't ask him because he'll go, no, she fucking didn't. <laughs> um, but I didn't, I, he already had some cricket material. So the hilarious West Indies cricket joke needed to be done by joke? him. He will so argue with me about this being true, but I remember it. We were at a 2020 game. I love game. cricket, by the way. Oh, so do I. It's yeah. the only sport I'm really seriously into. Um so we're at a West Indies 2020 game and there were uh, five streakers, one of whom was a woman. And five in one game? Yeah. Yeah, and oh, was that good? Anyway, there was at least one, but there might have been five. I think there were five. And I said to Jeremy, leaning across to him, um, you got to have, you got to be pretty gutsy to, um, to run naked in front of the West Indians, right? Because racist innuendo do you see what I said yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah penis size so anyway so he's popped it into his gear and every time if I was an immature person um, he does that joke there's a little piece of me that goes when the audience laughs there's a little piece of me that goes that's, that's my laugh <laughs> <laughs> I made that laugh do you want to do that thing that you, does it make you want to do that thing that you sometimes see people do like if they're out and one friend is wearing another friend's jacket and someone's like, that's a nice jacket. And the other person's like, it's mine. Exactly. It's exactly the same. <laughs> yeah. And it's really unattractive and you shouldn't do it. Yeah, you should totally. never do it. Yeah. <laughs> should we do the um, um, shit that's going on that doesn't suck? That's not what it's called. What's it called? Shit, shit to do that doesn't suck. Okay. This you. is a segment. Um, it's like a gig guide. Yeah. <laughs> Not quite as organised as. That's like that thing you're talking about when you say something stupid and then it sticks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. If yeah. people are listening early tomorrow too, if they listen as soon as the podcast comes out, for those people, all three of them, Dom and I are doing drive on BFM what tomorrow. What time are we doing it? With Sigrid, um, four to seven. Right. Tomorrow or today, if you're listening, Tuesday. Do you get to choose the music that you play when you're doing well, BFM? That's what we ask Sigrid, but she seems quite... Um, Angry about it. <laughs> <laughs> she seems um, like she really wants to safeguard the, what they've but been doing. But you say, like, uh, too much white male emotions. Yeah, last night we were playing some music and she was like, it's too much white male emotions. I've, there's enough out there. So we had to turn I the music off. I guess it's fair enough. Yeah. No, I don't know if you'll encourage men to be less emotional, though. <laughs> um, so tomorrow... Uh, night and then it's running till Saturday and I'm performing on tomorrow night I'm performing and I'm performing on Saturday is Experiment at the Basement which is Chris Knox is doing an art show and a musical performance oh, yeah. the Rackets are playing um, a whole lot of artists are going to be there I should know more about it but I don't it's $20 a night or you can go every night for $50 cool that's great mm. Mm. yeah and I'm doing a talk at 6.30 as well or 6.15 what are you going to talk about? experimentation within art alright cool something I'm not really qualified to talk about, but anyway. Cool. Um, and then the TPPA march is happening on Saturday at yeah. 1 o'clock in Atia Square. Fight um, a cop. <laughs> I feel like you're... Um, <laughs> is, that not the, is that not the right that's, message? I think no, you're right. hijacking this yeah. thing, Todd. Um, and I'm sure that if you don't live in Auckland, there's probably ones happening in your There's city. probably a cop in your city you could the, fight. 
There's a cop in every city. Like even small places have at least one cop that you could. Fight. See, I just sort of felt like we could encourage people to maybe to go to protests who wouldn't normally go. And I feel like by you saying that, <laughs> at least they're a violent who criminal. Wouldn't normally to go, to go. People who yeah wouldn't normally go on no, protests, but would quite like to punch a cop. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I guess more the merrier. <laughs> <laughs> Very all, inclusive. All jokes aside, though, I'm going on Saturday and I'm not going to punch any cops. Yeah, no, it's, I think it's very important. Everyone in this room, including you, Dan, I know you're going to be tired, but I expect you to see you there. Yeah. you got to represent. Mm-hmm. Christina has brunch, so she might not be able to make it. But. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and then on Thursday, we have our variety show, um, which... If you're listening and you're in Auckland and you don't come to, then we're not going to speak to you anymore. Should we say who the guests are? And then that way, if people want to know, they have to listen oh, to All right, we'll podcast. tell you who our special magical secret guests are. Yep. Uh, Richie Harcourt. Yep. Former guest, also former host. Yep. Beautiful man. Yep. Sam Tikani. Sam Tikani, also former guest. And Damaris and Renee from Coco's Cantina. Maybe both of them. Maybe one or the but other. But definitely one. Or one the of other. those two. Otherwise, yeah. you're fucked. Maybe both. I hope it's both of them. They're both so good. Yeah. Um, and it's going to be a live podcast. Well, it's not really live, but we're going to record it. Oh, uh, yeah. And we got gifts and stuff. And we got raffles. gifts, raffles. We've got musical gifts. We've got some jewelry and clothing and beer and cake. How would anybody not go? I, I know. know. Whammy, whammy bar, cake. 8 o'clock. Don't turn up at 10 o'clock and it's over and then complain about it. There's going to be actual Don't you hate when people do that? When yeah. you say, I'm on at this time, and then yeah. turn up an hour later and we're, but this is the only reason why I came. Yeah. Yeah, so it wasn't, because you weren't here. Yeah. You were preloading. Yeah. That's what you were doing. <laughs> <laughs> Richie Harker will have something to say to the preloaders. Yeah. He's nice. I like him. He's great. He was, he was I mean, I'm at the Labour Party wake for Jacinda. He was lovely. Sorry, I don't know. Wait, oh, on the night of the election. Oh, yeah. Oh, that yeah. kind of wake. Whoa. Sorry. Yeah. So I don't know. She's fine. She was on here as well. She's a former guest. Yeah. 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 Mm. Yeah, I'm Sick. really looking forward to it. I love it. There was a there was an action packed shit to do that doesn't suck. One. It was, wasn't it? Yeah, there's a bit of bit of stuff happening. A bit yeah. of life left in this fucking old horse of a country. Yeah, it's all right. I feel quite. Positive. I quite like it actually. I'm, yeah, I'm like happy it. to be home. That's, Are that's, you happy to be home, Christina? Ecstatic. You look it. Okay. <laughs> the weather's shit though. Can I say that? Yeah, you yeah. can say that. The yeah. weather fucking sucks. Yeah. But but it's getting better. I got an electric blanket today. Oh. But. In the news last week, I heard about some people that almost died because their electric blanket set their house on fire. I refuse to use one. Really? I For that they, reason? I think, well, I think they, uh, they don't it, do you any good. I think it's a cancer. I don't want to lie on top of an electric thing. I And also, love I love a hot water bottle. Mm. Bloody love a hot but water bottle. But they're little. You can, <laughs> you can have more than one. And True. that way you can choose which bit of you is warm. Like an electric blanket. What if you want all got, of you to be Well, then you need, need more than one. <laughs> Maybe you could get like a, a human-sized hot water bottle. A suit. Man, I want to get a... I was looking on Trade Me at body, body pillows the other day. I don't know there were ones that like went around your whole body. What's a body pillow? So a body pillow is like a pillow that's the length of your body. So it's like a six-foot-long pillow. And you just lie on it like <laughs> with your legs wrapped is around it, and is shit. Is it like a mattress? Is it? Is it? No, it's a pillow. <laughs> It's like got a, it's got a pillowcase and shit. 
And then, but there's ones I found on Trade Me, and so it's <laughs> like a piece of calamari in shape. Oh, like and a... so, like a oh no, not calamari. What's what's the thing I don't I'm know, thinking? What of? the fuck you're talking I about? I know, like a wishbone. Oh, okay. Yeah, and okay, it's like pillows, a... so you just like lie like... in between it, and you're surrounded by okay, a pillow. Okay, so there's a triangle pillow there. Breastfeeding mothers use it's yeah. so it's shaped like a wishbone. Yeah. You need a breastfeeding pillow. I do. Yeah. I'm not gonna breastfeed anyone though, I'm sorry. You don't have to, it's not compulsory. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if I if I get the breastfeeding pillow and I have the pants in, in my room for for the um <laughs> for like healing tattoos, someone's gonna walk in and be like something it's not right here. Have we talked about the time you used Bepanfum's toothpaste on the podcast? No, I don't think we have. When I first moved in with Todd, I had Bepanfum because I was healing a tattoo, and I left it by the sink. And then both Todd and his brother came out and said, that toothpaste you got in there is disgusting. <gasps> oh, wait, there's, a, there's a stupid gene in my family somewhere that can't recognise toothpaste. Oh, and but it comes in a pot. Why would you think no, that? No, 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 you get in the tube. tube yeah. yeah. My tattoo is so small, I've got the smallest pot in the world. So, yeah, no, yeah. we've got like a toothpaste-sized right. tube. The part of the story you're forgetting is that we didn't have a light bulb in our bathroom. Oh, so it was, any tube would have done it. Could have been deep heat. <laughs> yeah, and Don would just fucking put or it on the. Or, yeah, it was, yeah. What would have been There's worse? There's only mirror in the house. The um, bottom cream. The, <laughs> bottom the cream. hemorrhoid cream. What? On your, I wonder what that would do. <laughs> Because it's minty, so you can continue oh, with the yeah. mistake for quite some time. Yeah. <laughs> minty. Well, you're why, lucky. Is, why is hemorrhoid cream? The hemorrhoid cream, cream is menthol, isn't oh. it? Oh, not oh. that I know, obviously, because <laughs> <laughs> my body is a temple. <laughs> perfect in every way. But, yeah. Oh, okay, I'm really pleased I brought that <laughs> Same. Oh, shit. <laughs> and on that note... <laughs> Oh, Perfect. Oh, yeah, what song? Is it, is it, are we up for time? Yeah, it's about an hour. Oh, yeah. That's exactly an hour. Oh, cool. Um, Fucking smashed it. Do a song? Mm. Yeah, well, we're going to play Dom's song this week. Yeah. F- funny story, when Dom came back from um, <laughs> when Dom came back from New York, he was like, man, we should play a song at the end of uh, the podcast every episode. I was like, yeah, cool, that's a good idea. And he was like, yeah, tomorrow we'll play my new one. And I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, because I was just like, putting, putting it out. Yeah, yeah. was just the first thing that came to mind. But then, yeah, so I was like, maybe not the first week because then it doesn't look like it's, and then it just looks like it's a fucking vehicle to, for us to promote our own shit. And so, so we're like, we'll do you next week. And then for the next few weeks, we kept getting people that were either in bands or had been in bands, so we kept playing their songs. But this week we get to play Dom's song. What's it called? No Future. No future. It's actually quite cheery though. It's quite no the title. I like I like your songs about the future. Thank you. Um, thanks so much for yeah, coming thank on you. the show. Oh, thank you for having me. It was awesome. Oh, I just sounded like a kid at a party. Thank you for having me. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay now. Run along back to your parents. Okay, can I have some cake? <laughs> Sweet. Thank you. In the middle of a ride, look the war 
it out the window, yeah It was out of the century They sold off our country, we used to win the beer hungry Now these streets are a cemetery For all of my memories, a different time before you heard me Future with this, there's no future with this, there's no future with this. 